Hello and welcome to Publish Me, a monthly podcast series from the AS21 Podcast Network from AS21 Media. Here as we explore the publishing process of the fantasy epic The Will of the Magi. I'm your host, Keith F. Shelvin, publisher of AS21 Media, and with me as always is... Hello everyone, this is Paul Dickinson Russell, the author of The Will of the Magi. I'm Ron Gaynor, the illustrator of the cover of the book, Will of the Magi. And our regular guest joining us once again this month. Corey Parker, editor-in-chief of AS21 Media. Welcome, everyone. Woo-hoo, we're all together. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what I said. really Unfortunately, we do have a little bit of technical difficulty on Paul's end, so his audio might be a little bit rougher than usual. I, I apologize for that, everybody. My computer has decided that it no longer likes Skype yeah, or not... whatever is wrong with my end. Yeah. Oh, it goes, it goes. Okay, so now it is July 2017. We are into summer of 2017. Finally, summer is here. But that also means we are behind schedule, everyone. Rana did her job. She got the cover art in on schedule. But now we are hitting up against the deadlines we put out for the release of the book, and the book is not yet ready. So this month we'll be talking about what's happening, where we are in the process. Plus, we're also going to go into what the process is of actually creating an ebook for the various e-reader devices. So first to start off, let's go to Paul with an update. What's up with Paul? What are you doing? So, yeah, it is my fault we are behind right now. I have not gotten Corey the final third to edit. I got some feedback a couple weeks ago, and I have been rushing through trying to get those things corrected in the storyline before I get them off to Corey. They are rather important details that I horrifically screwed up. I'm trying to get them fixed before I give them to Corey, and he tells me, you need to fix those again. I am almost done with those corrections. I should have the final third in Corey's hand by Sunday, Saturday at the earliest, hopefully. Okay. Cool. How's everything else going for you, though? Well, I mean, in terms of life in general, I had a car accident two weeks ago, so that's just peachy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, I had no no major injuries, but the car was totaled. Oh. Um, Head-on collisions will do that to you. Ouch. Scary. So, so yeah, that is, that is how life is at the moment. But in that, that was one of the things that had kind of derailed me from working on the updates that I need to get on the book for a little while. Just, you know, shell shock is an issue. <laughs> yeah. Now, when we last talked to Rana, Rana, you were just recovering from your own little accident uh, when we were talking at the Gaithersburg Book Festival. Yeah, I, I broke my left wrist. The radius kind of broke at an angle, so I had to get surgery on it. Um, they put a metal plate in. Um, that was last month, um, May 25th, but I'm almost back at like 100% honestly. I can't really put my weight on it, but I can certainly draw just fine, so yay! Yay! So Paul's now doing with his own stuff, but Rana is getting better, so uh, let's see, we got one third of the staff on the IR, one's back on, is merely on the disabled list, so. <laughs> we have to get the whole staff 100% again, this is, we gotta work on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're behind. All right. Okay, so this is chapter 28 of the Publish Me podcast, Making eBooks plus Corey Parker Return. Now, we, we last talked with Corey. What has it been? Let's see. We were last uh, spring-ish. In... Yeah, that was chapter 25, so three months ago. So that was April. Yeah. And uh, that was that's actually our currently top rated episode of this podcast. So something's going, something special there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when we officially announced the cover design, and of course having Corey in to talk editing. So yeah, if Corey wants to take credit, I'm sure we could probably go ahead and take that. Now, before we get into 
really uh, following up with that, I do want to make a quick announcement. This week, this episode is posting on Friday, July 7th. This weekend, the 8th and the 9th, is Virginia Comic Con in Richmond. Now, I had announced it last month that Rhonda will be joining me down there, but unfortunately, Rhonda, you can't make it. No, like, because uh, apparently literally everyone else at my job already asked off for that weekend, so I'm literally the last person standing. I thought three weeks notice would be enough, but no. So I am i can't go, unfortunately. And I'm extra sad because Virginia Comic Con is going to be at VCU, and I'm a VCU alumna, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... A- it's a two-day convention, so it's it's going to be interesting now. But uh, we'll we'll try to soldier on without you. But oh man, it would have been so cool to have you there, and because we are in the authors' booths area, and we had you there to sign prints of the the cover art, and maybe do some live art or whatever. So uh, we're still going to be doing video recording. We're still going to be setting up and interviewing cosplayers. I'm. Uh, got another idea for maybe having a sort of short story contest maybe going throughout if not the first day maybe the second day so ideas happen but if you're in the greater richmond area or heck anywhere in virginia north carolina maryland south carolina georgia or you know the east coast united states get to richmond this weekend (laughs) we've got two of the original power rangers will be there the red ranger and the black ranger so come on out yeah. You gotta get the Blue Ranger there. I liked him. He was a good guy. Oh, Billy's a great guy, but he's, he's Billy, never... Right? Yeah, he hates all the, everyone else that was on that cast, so that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, well. Yeah. Wow. Alright, so, now where do we stand? Alright, Corey, last we talked, you... Well, last we talked on the podcast, you had just gotten part... The second... 15 chapters you have since finished that we briefly hit on it when i uh talked at gaithersburg last month so that's where we still currently stand right yes that's right i finished that in early may and uh yep eagerly anticipating the final installment it will be to you very very shortly i promise Now, have you actually done any official editing of those first 30 chapters that you've read, or is this just proofreading so far? This is just sort of like a read-through and noting down some discrepancies here and there, you know, like not just a name spelled one way, one page, and another way, another. Uh, There actually hasn't been that much of that, but more like, now wait a minute, this character knew the name of this person five pages back, but now they don't. Need to remember that and fix it when I get the full manuscript and and I'm actually marking everything. So just mostly making mental notes to myself and uh, thinking about the plot and identifying, trying to identify what makes sense and what doesn't and what could be strengthened here and there. Very good. Okay. Oh, brief, briefly, I do have to hit, mention one thing, a topic that we haven't discussed for a few months now, but thankfully, it's back up. The ongoing pre-order campaign through Indiegogo. We had the Indiegogo campaign help fund some of this process, and now it's still up as an in-demand campaign, and you can pre-order copies of the book, ebook for $10, uh, paperback for 25 We had two people uh take advantage of that in demand this week yeah we had a paperback pre-order from karen hawkins and an ebook pre-order and just to let everyone know the first two parts on my e-reader were about 500 pages so wow you're, you're getting a lot of content now, of course yeah that's that's a very low rate compared to what it's pro- it's going to be in the final price so it's kind of enticing you to to buy early. Keep ordering. Yes. On Indiegogo, it says for Bob from Karen. Right. Yeah, I was just going to check because I have the name of who Bob is, but yeah, we'll just say for Bob from Karen. So we'll go with that. So Karen bought an ebook for Bob, and then she bought a paperback for herself. So isn't that special? So otherwise, I believe we had some growth on our Twitter account. That's at Published Podcast. Remember, you can reach us, facebook.com slash Published Podcast, Twitter at Published Podcast, or email Published Podcast 
at as21.com. Uh, we haven't had much growth on the Facebook page, but Twitter, I believe we picked up a couple new followers. Yeah, we currently stand at 45 followers. And, oh, mainly the new additions are our new AS21 director of audio uh, production, Zach Cohen, uh, has been uh, following it. But for some reason, several of our AS21 Facebook pages have been getting a lot of new likes. And they seem to all be coming from Southeast Asia. And it's kind of crazy. Like, we'll get like three or four in a day, and they're all, you know, Indian or Indonesian names. One one person actually liked one of our author's pages and then went through and liked every single update for the past month and a half. So my phone just lit up with, you know, up, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, on... Who are these people? Yeah, we currently sit at 119 likes on the Facebook page, so obviously always room for more we'd love to have more on there so okay since obviously paul is doesn't have the update to core yet we are still behind we still are aiming to release the book this summer but summer's uh now that it's officially here that means that window is quickly closing but the process is going on this is unfortunately something that happens during the publishing process we hit delays we hit snags uh that's why a lot of Big, I mean, a lot of times you want to give as big of a window for the editing process as possible, especially for a longer book such as Paul's. And what we wanted to try to give as close, as recent of a release as possible with the Indiegogo campaign because we didn't want people to think that they were paying this money for this book and then going to have to wait, you know, George R.R. R. Martin level time periods to get the book. The, yeah. the book is written. No, no one wants Star Yeah, the book is written, and the first thirty chapters have been read by Corey, so he can attest that they are there and they are not made up with Ibid and blah 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 or insert paragraph here and lorem ipsum. Yes, I know <laughs> lots of details about our intrepid protagonist. And of course, Rana, you've read some of it yourself when you were doing the cover design. Yeah, I read the first um, 11 chapters, um, and I liked it a lot. Uh, I got inspiration for the book cover from a moment that happened somewhere in, like, chapter 8 or 9. Um, yeah. I feel like the moment that I picked was kind of just, like, where the plot sort of started in earnest. Like, oh, the big mystery is revealed. It's mystery Aiden has to solve. Not to give away too many details, of course. Normally, I'm really bad at not giving away spoilers. I'm trying really hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We no try. Problem. We try. We do have a spoiler alert sound effect that we use if something, you know, particularly egregious <laughs> is set out, so that hopefully people can turn away. Sure. That way, they don't know that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Which movie is this? Hey, that one's 21 Remember. years old. Come on. Although, no, if you ask my friends, I will, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will defend my spoiler uh, giving ways. I'll be like, the statute of limitations on that spoiler was over three years ago. That movie came out in 19... <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I that's mean... Legit, that's a legitimate way of doing it. Yeah. I, I, considering you had the posters for Field of Dreams in Japan... Which gave the the sum up of the movie: man builds baseball field, plays catch with dead father. <laughs> right. oh. Or the ad for showing the usual suspects on TNT that shows the the sketch of Kaiser Soze printing out on the fax machine in the ad. <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh. Movie, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just ruined it for her. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'll probably forget by the time I actually go see the movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, the action the action does pick up in Chapter 12. Oh, so Rana actually just missed out on where the action picks up if she's only read the first just. 11. Man. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll read it when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
All right. So the bulk of this episode tonight, though, we are going to be talking about making an ebook. Now, when AS21 launched, although three wonderful years ago, our primary focus was taking self-published authors who primarily worked only in print and getting their books into the electronic market. And in doing that, that meant looking at ebooks in all the different formats were currently being used, which actually hasn't changed. So it's still uh, EPUB, which you would find on your iPads and your Nooks and your Kobo e-readers, or Mobi, which you would find on your Kindles, and then PDF, you know, just your standard personal document format that can be read on any computer or any device. So everyone knows how to make a PDF. I mean, it used to be something complicated. You used to have to, you know, buy expensive software, Adobe Acrobat to create that. But now it's built into Microsoft Word. It's built into every web browser. It's built into pretty much everything to just make a PDF of any document. And with that's, while that's great, if you're making something like a magazine where there's intense formatting, uh, when you're doing an ebook, you want the PDFs to be a little bit more dynamic. But that's all part of the process of creating a, a full electronic book for release. So the key to starting with an ebook is first with, you have to have the, obviously, the text block for the book in a digital format. And the preferred format is Microsoft Word. That's a dot .doc or dot .docx. Although the software we use for ebook processing, Calibre, prefers dot .doc. And I invite... Obviously, Paul, Rana, and Corey, feel free to ask any questions along the way. Corey, you know this process pretty well because you've been through it a bit. Yes, I've made many books yeah. myself, both for grad school and for personal use. <clears throat> in fact, any time I get a document from one of our authors, uh, usually before editing, I'll just convert it into an EPUB so I can put it on my phone or mm -hmm. you know, a tablet or whatever. I'll actually say, like, this is actually a process I'm not really that familiar with. Because um, I typically, you know, will work with everything as, as Word files. I'm not really that familiar with converting them into PDFs or anything else. So this is a whole new jam for me. Okay. Never made me this either. But, like, why does Caliber prefer .doc? Isn't .doc an older file format? Yeah, it just goes, I believe, with some of the the way the format inputs. Every time I've tried to do it from a dot .docx, it has rejected it, so. It's easier for other third-party software to handle dot .doc files for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like the Adobe Creative Suite is like that too. If you're laying something mm -hmm. out in your design, it's better to have a doc file than docx. Not sure exactly why, but seems to be the case. Yeah. Now, of course, when we process we actually create two different EPUB files because you can actually format it for specific e-readers. So usually we'll create an EPUB that is focused specifically on iPads and one that's focused specifically on Nooks. And if you're a Kobo reader, then you're just going to get whichever one is uploaded, which usually will work no matter what. But there really hasn't been much need to make a format specifically just for Kobo. It's just not worth the time, even though it really isn't that much time. When we open our Toronto office, maybe we'll worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to think about the taxes on that one. <laughs> okay, so we have Calibre, and we have the .doc file. Now, of course, we also have more than just the text block. You need to know the metadata for your file. You need to have the cover art, such as the wonderful cover art designed by Rana Gaynor for The Will of the Magi. And the caliber system is pretty easily laid out where it can you add the book, edit metadata, convert books, and then it gives you viewing options. And then also you have the ability to pre-program it with authors and different formats that you like to use and your publisher information and plus common tags and identifiers that you use. Uh, of course, for uh, any publishing company, you would use as your identification your ISBN. One thing you always got to remember, ISBNs, you have to have a different one for each format of the book, but 
it doesn't matter EPUB, Mobi, EPUB for Nook, they can share the same ISBN. So electronic format, I mean, print paperback copy has one ISBN. Hardcover copy has a different ISBN. And the electronic copy has a third ISBN. So one book could have three ISBNs, three international standard book numbers. Why do they require to have three separate ones for all three separate types? I mean, it's the same book either way. Exactly. And when also, if you end up doing a revision, then you need another one on top of that. But it's the idea that sort of the markets that the books are being released in are different. I mean, paperback is usually going to a trade uh, audience, while hardcover is more academic, and electronic obviously is more open market. But uh, it's just their way of formatting. If you also were doing it a copy on CD, they would want a different ISBN for that. And, and if we do an audio version, we're going to have to do an uh, separate ISBN for that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all the ISBNs have to be purchased through Bowker Identification Services in the United States. Each country has a different uh, identification, uh, what would be the proper term for it? Cartel? No. (laughs) Syndicate? No. (laughs) Or just call it a service. Uh, Or just call it a service that you have to register with. And if you're just a cabal, (laughs) and when you (laughs) when you're working with it, you have to remember if you're doing if you're putting out your own book, if you're self-publishing your own book, and you want a hardcover paperback in ebook, you're gonna have to buy three, and if you buy them individually, that's a hundred and twenty-five dollars a piece. But the price goes down the more you buy. I think we have about a hundred of them for uh, AS that AS twenty one was able to buy. And when you buy in bulk, oh boy, is it cheaper! Let's see, it's one for one hundred twenty five, but it's ten for two hundred and ninety five. So for just a hundred and seventy dollars more, you get an additional nine ISBN. So it's instead of one for one twenty five. It's essentially $29.50 per ISBN. But if you are a company like AS21 or larger, you can get 100 ISBNs for $575. So there, now it's only you're talking only $5.75 per ISBN. And then, of course, there's the Big Daddy 1,000 ISBNs for $1,500. So at that point, it's only $1.50 for ISBN. So you have, like, Lulu, if you publish with them, they will provide you an ISBN for free if you're a self-published author and don't have your own publishing house or imprint that you want to use. They can afford to do that because they bought them in a thousand chunk at a buck fifty a piece. So, you know, they have no problem just giving them away. Right, okay. Yeah, Hmm. so... But the thing is, if you're producing one book, and probably maybe only one book, and you're doing hardcover... Alright, let's say you're doing audio too. So hardcover, paperback, audio, and ebook. There's four. So obviously you're going to buy ten, and now you're stuck with six ISBNs that you... Well, you could always write another book. <laughs> or or <laughs> you could give it out to friends, like party favors. <laughs> All right, so now we start our. We are. I'm in Caliber Library now. That's Caliber C A L I B R E. Is there like a black market for ISBNs? Do people just like resell those on the internet somewhere? That's a good I, question. I wouldn't know anything about that, Rana, and I don't know why you would bring up such an idea. <laughs> now, technically, there's nothing against us reselling the ISBNs we have. But I imagine it's that we it, know of. That we know of. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Consult the lawyer. Is yes. Always a caveat. But yeah. I mean, obviously, if I mean, well, Lulu is just giving them out. 
they're not selling them to people, but I mean, it's contingent on you using their services and mm -hmm. other publishing houses. I think there's like sometimes like there's a $99 fee, but it's more than just ISBN is just one of those things included in a $99 fee. I think Tate was offering that where they provide the ISBN as on top of your basic formatting stuff. So. Yeah, you so basically if it's bundled in you're technically not selling the ISBN you're selling everything else and then adding the ISBN for free so I but yeah that's that's another story I and mean, maybe I, I try to track down a guest that can give us more background on ISBNs for a future episode because you know that's probably thrilling audio right there <laughs> All right, so in Calibre, we start with the ad book, and I load the .doc file. I actually have Calibre open up here. I made sure I have the most recent version of the software. I believe uh, Calibre is free. Yes. It comes in all different uh, OS platforms. Yep, and they update regularly, so every time you log in, pretty much every time I log in, they tell me there's an update. So that just quick go to their website, download the update, uh, drag it to the on uh, my Mac. I drag it to the applications folder, and boom, got it. All right. So now the Word document I'm working with here. One thing that's nice is I already have my author profile. It's a document I created, so my author profile is already in there, which means I'm already connected to uh, Goodreads and all the other databases for uh, book sorting. So editing the metadata, we have here the title. And then the title sort. So if the title, say, started with a definite article like The Will of the Magi, you would put the title The Will of the Magi, but under title sort, it would be Will of the Magi, comma, the. Then author, Paul Dickinson Russell, but author sort, Russell, comma, Paul Dickinson. Also have information about series or number, a load cover art. Then they give you all kinds of different fields you could fill in. Ratings, tags, tags are, uh, I tend to put in a lot of the story tags like adventure, fiction. Let's see some of the ones I have in here. Poetry, politics, psychology, relationships. Then of course IDs, that's where you fill in your ISBN. Then of course the date of release. The publisher, so for this book it would be AS21 Publishing, the publishing arm of AS21 Media. And then we have a publishing date, we'll make the publishing date July 11, July 2017. Alright, so I have loaded my cover art, which I believe they prefer JPEG or TIFF. TIFF files, of course, are much larger than JPEG files, so it might be a bit more complex, but... It works from there. So once I have that done, so then I have my metadata corrected. Then the third button they have is convert books. And here they give you all the different formats. Now you can import from, in this case, I'm using a docx to start. And it, the opportunities to convert EPUB and Mobi are the top two because those are the top two ebook formats. But you also have AZW3 lit lrf pdf text zip and a bunch of other ones that i've never seen used anywhere but it's basically it's a system that's used around the world so if different organizations use different conversion files then caliber pretty much has you covered so for this we're using epub got the metadata already preloaded in then the next format it gives you is look and feel so this is where you choose a base font size your font size key they give you a minimum line height and then you just basically are working with making sure the text block works the way you want now if you're coming from a word document you can set a lot of this already in your word document and it will just take that in then we have heuristic processing. I believe, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Heuristic. Heuristic, okay. 
means that Calibre will scan your book for common patterns and fix them. As the name implies, this involves guesswork, which means that it could end up worsening the result of a conversion if Calibre guesses wrong. Therefore, it is disabled by default. Often, if a conversion does not turn out as you expect, turning on your heuristics can improve matters. Read more about the various in the user manual. So I usually, you know, keep that turned off. All I've right. never used that feature yeah. myself either. So now we have the page setup. We have a default output profile and a default input profile, and that's sets your margins in that. But they also give you a lot of other options. So now the input, it's a Word document, so I don't need to. But output, we have things like generic e-ink, iPad, Kindle, Kindle Fire, Kindle Paper White, Kobo Reader, Microsoft Reader, Nook, Nook Color, Samsung Galaxy, Tablet. You know, all these different options to try to get it a specific way. So I'm going to choose here iPad. And this is intended for the iPad and similar devices with a resolution of 768 by 1024 screen size. Now the output file tells the conversion system how to optimize the created document for the specified device. In some cases an output profile can be used to optimize the output for a particular device. But as they say here, this is rarely necessary. Alright, so I'm formatting this as an EPUB for an iPad. So then we go to the next thing, which is structure detection. And is to detect chapters, and you can put in your programming language for it to try to figure out how you separated your chapters. I believe I use section breaks on this, but you can do it by page break or by rule. And then this will also take on any margin issues and in the XPath expression. And by rule, Keith means that horizontal line mm -hmm. across the screen for people who don't know. Yeah. So next up is the all-important table of contents. Now, if you have a table of contents in your text block, it is absolutely useless in an ebook because it depends on how, you know, the size of the e-reader, the the size of the font the person is reading on, what pages are what. So really, if you're going to do an ebook, go ahead and delete your table of contents out of your text block. It's just taking up space. Because when you create an ebook, use, especially using Caliber, it will generate a table of contents for you, which then you can format properly. It gives you the opportunity to add a force use of auto-generated table of contents, or you can tell it not to add the table of contents. I, I personally set it to manually fine-tune the table of contents after conversion is completed. That way I can go through and make sure that the proper table has been created, and if not, essentially go through the different files that uh, they give you the screen output of the converted files, and you can find out where the put the table contents yourself and that includes being able to do sub tables so like if you have your book is split into parts and then chapters you can have a part and then the chapters fit underneath that part and it all makes a nice expanded tree that you can work with and it comes out looking pretty nice in the final version all right search and replace uh, this is just part of the cleanup. Uh, if you have regular expressions that need to be replaced, it fix that. Now I'm using a docx input, and it gives me three rules on this. Do not try to auto-detect a cover from images in the document. That's true. Do not add a page after every endnote. I don't have any endnotes on this document, so that's not a problem. And then render superscripts and subscripts so that they do not affect the line height. Now that's an important thing to watch for because if you don't do that properly, it can mess up the way the lines appear in your final file. So let me click that. Then on an EPUB output, you can do not split on page breaks, no default cover, no SVG cover, 
insert inline table contents, flatten the EPUB file structure, which uh, makes it a little bit lower uh, size of the file, but these fi file sizes are small enough already for most. But uh, I think it takes away some of the dynamic, I mean, if it's depending on the complexity of the file you're working with. Uh, preserve cover aspect ratio. That that means no matter what size e-reader you're using, the cover art will always remain the same. And then put inserted table of contents at the end of the book. Usually you want it at the beginning of the book. So, And then this is where you can also put in your title for your t table of contents. Alright, and then the last thing that they give you on your conversion is the debugging. Now this is just if they find something while going through the process, anything that, you know, problems, the debug process, they will output it to a folder that you can go ahead and check through the conversion parameters on. Okay, so now that's all the things to take into consideration. Hitting OK with the file, and it's starting conversion of the book. I now have on my computer, oh, it gave me, I didn't load a cover art on here, so it gave me a default cover. But what's nice is, even though it's an EPUB, and most computers don't have software already on them for EPUB, Calibre will allow you to be able to look through the file. Yeah, everything here came out pretty good to what I see. Alright, now one thing I did here was the file. Some of the pieces in here are single-spaced and some are double-spaced, and it didn't take that out. So that's one thing you got to make sure you do on your Word document, just as pop basic formatting before you start. So, Alright, so that's creating an EPUB. Now one thing you can do when you're ready to, you're going to now make a Mobi file so that it can be uploaded to Amazon for Kindle. Now I could go ahead and use the Word document that I already had created uh, and then set reset all of the things that I had done to create the EPUB. Or I could take the EPUB I just created and use that as the basic for creating the Mobi file. Which means the table of contents that was created when I created the EPUB will already be there. So I don't have to recreate the table of contents. The metadata and the look and feel all are already set as well. The only thing you want to make sure is that on page setup, you have it switched to output profile Kindle. Now, regular Kindle, that's a screen size of 525 by 640. And like I said, they give you the opportunity to go to higher, to other Kindle styles. Like a Kindle Fire is a 570 by 1016. Kindle Paper White is a 658, a uh, 1 and 2 is a 658 by 940, while Paper 3 is 1072 by 1430. So very complex pixels there. So we're just going to go with basic Kindle here. It's keeping a uh, five-point margins. And then all of the same questions come up on structure detection, table contents, search and replace. The only thing is we don't have to worry about judging the input because it's the EPUB that just created. But now we have the Mobi output. Now for a Mobi file, they have slightly different rules. So the same questions about table contents. But you can also ignore margins, use author sort for author, do not convert all images to JPEG, which may result in images not working in older viewers, disable compression of the file contents, which means that unusually when they create the Mobi file, they may get a condensed file that takes up less space on your device, but this can keep that from happening if you're worried about if you have a lot of pictures or if you have complex stuff in there that worry about not being loaded properly. So then the other option gives you Kindle options. You can choose which file type of Mobi to create. And that's because recently they switched over to Mobi 6. Alright, so the default caliber generates Mobi files that contain the Mobi 6 format, which is compatible with all Kindle devices. However, by changing, you could tell Calibre to generate Mobi files that contain both Mobi 6 
and the new KF8 format. So KF8's the newest one. It has more features, but it only works on the newer Kindles. So if you create it in the newer one, it will not work on any first generation Kindles. And you've got to worry about taking yourself out of the market for some of the people. Because some people, especially people of a more advanced experience, we'll say, uh, if they <laughs> have made the leap to a Kindle, they got their Kindle and that's it. They're not upgrading. They don't see reason to. Do you really want to make it so your book isn't accessible for them? Calibre gives you the opportunity to choose old file type, new file type, or both. So for this, I'm going to go ahead and use both. In fact, they actually recommend if you wanted to do just for new, then you use the AZW3 instead of Mobi output. And then, of course, one thing they also offer for Kindle options, you can check Enable Sharing of Book Content via Facebook. But that does disable your ability to do last read syncing when you're reading the book. Where if, that's where if you're reading the book on several devices, you know, if you pick it up on a Kindle and you stop in middle of chapter 5, but then you're reading more on your Kindle app on your phone, when you get back to your Kindle, it'll know where you were reading. But if you want to be able to share content via Facebook, that means you will no longer have that thinking. That's strange that it turns that off. In, in fact, oh, the, there's a lovely little note here from Calibre. It says, warning, using this feature means that the book will not auto-sync its last read position on multiple devices. Complain to Amazon. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yep. So, okay, creating the movie file. Now it goes in, starts conversion of the book. And done. Just like that. Now this file uh, isn't that I'm doing the conversion on isn't a very long one. But still, it's about 29 pages. So, And I'm looking through the finished file now. And it's looking, I'm very similar to what I did with the, the EPUB. But a very clear, easy to read, at least on my computer screen. If I load it on my Kindle, it would load fine. So that's basically walking you through creating an EPUB and a Mobi using Calibre. Now, the other format that we always create ebooks in is PDF. Now, Calibre will create a PDF, and they'll do a pretty good job. But if you want it, if you're creating something where there's an exact formatting to it, it's best just to create it right in the program that you created the file in. So Microsoft Word allows you to do that, and it's real simple now. It used to be you would have to go to print and say print as file, and it would create a postscript, and then you would turn that postscript into a PDF. Now you just click Save As, and you change your file style to PDF, and it creates a very easy-to-use PDF. Now one thing you got to remember to do that is if you want your cover art on the PDF, you have to create a page at the beginning of your file and put and put the cover art there yourself. Otherwise, it won't show up in the final PDF. All right. So, any questions from the group before we wrap up? Oh, How does it go about in inserting illustrations in, into the book? Well, that's done with your original file. Microsoft Word allows you to put images in. Okay. At any point, and you just set the proper formatting, whether you want, you know, the proper text wrap or whichever you want to do with that. And Calibre and the PDF conversion will basically take whatever you put there. Obviously, for Mobi files, they don't like pictures. Kindles don't like pictures that much. But uh, for an EPUB, you have no problem with that. I know when we did. The all the electronic uh, AS21 annual this past year, we added audio and video. Uh, the Moby did not like the audio and video at all and took those away. But the EPUB liked it, had no problem processing that. In fact, we used iBook Author for creating that book. So creating that EPUB was very easy using iBook Author. 
And that's a pretty good program to use if you're doing a book that requires a lot of formatting, like a textbook or uh, a photography or art book. Then I, if you're creating it for the electronic file, I definitely recommend using iBook Author. And then not only does it output it in an EPET book that's already formatted for an iPad, but it connects you straight ahead to the iTunes Connect an iBook marketplace so you can upload it straight from the app and not have to log into the iBook producer app and upload. An EPUB file is mostly just uh, a bunch of HTML right. and CSS. And Mobi has a bunch of Amazon proprietary garbage involved with it. Yeah. So that's one reason you run into more problems mm -hmm. with that uh, format. Yeah. To leave it to Amazon to try to want to do something completely and utterly different that doesn't really make sense. Yes. That's their job, though. Their job is to make things difficult for all the people. Yep. Yeah, well, they make some things simple, but others so much, so much worse. Okay. So if you have any other questions for me or us about uh, ebook production, or if I, if I said something that you think I said it was wrong, or if I'm just doing it wrong in your opinion, then feel free to reach out to us at Publish Podcast, Facebook.com slash Publish Podcast, or email Publish Podcast at AS21.com. All right, so I think that pretty much wraps up where we are for this month, Chapter 28, the July 2017 edition, Making an Ebook and Checking in with Corey Parker. I wish, I'm sorry we didn't have more of a, uh, more feedback on the, the process, but that's on Paul. I'm, I apologize, everyone. Next month, you will have a plethora of information, and you'll have so much information. The podcast will be over two hours long. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm between me and Zach doing the editing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have a guest that I've reached out to to be on next month's episode, but I have not yet confirmed that guest just yet, so I don't want to say anything there. Uh, if you're going to be coming out to Virginia Comic Con this weekend, please stop by the AS21 table. You may appear on a future episode of the Publish Me podcast if you decide to come on and take part. In the past, we had we were asking people questions about uh, certain topics and having them record bits. Uh, we, you know, if if you're a listener to the podcast, feel free to come out, and who knows, we might get you on mic just just because. Hey, we got a listener. Come on, <laughs> that'll work. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, July. I, what do you guys got coming up? Paul, what do you got on the table now? I got to get this off to Corey. Um, Saturday or Sunday, he'll have the final third, and we'll make some good headway. Um, I have uh, also, when I can't wrap my head any further around the Will of the Magi, I've been working on uh, the prologues for two other stories. One is... The top voted one of the top voted stories from that poll I did, uh, the scaled lady or the lady with scales. I'm not sure how I want to go with the title yet. And the other one is a Lovecraftian horror story. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So that's my life right now. Right. Cool. What are you up to, Rana? Oh uh, well, I'm starting an online uh, UI design course. Uh, sort of dipping my toes into web design and mobile app design, trying to. Uh, expand my skill set cool. that way so going back to school a little bit i'm excited nice how about you Corey? doing the old day job and i've got another book i've been working a lot on recently mm -hmm. for as 21 which is a non-fiction historical book so it's quite different from what paul's doing and uh, <laughs> honestly it's more similar to what i do at work every day so it's not too uh, out of the ordinary for me, but also not nearly as, this is just me speaking in my personal taste here, not nearly as interesting as Paul's book, but I'm sure others may disagree. So Paul, I'm looking forward to getting back to reading Will of the Magi again. You'll have it shortly, I promise. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, as someone who goes back and forth between reading fiction and nonfiction, I find interest in both sides. But I can definitely see where uh, a bit of fiction is a welcome thing after delving so much, especially into the uh, intricacies of the nonfiction work that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So. Right. Yeah, and I, for personal reading, I tend to do 90 or 80% fiction and smaller portion nonfiction, so. That's just me. Uh, all right. As for me, we've got, obviously, we have Virginia Comic Con. We're going to be having some other events coming up, but uh, more book fairs in the fall. We've got print editions of AS21 titles coming out soon. We t- just had final proof approval for Will This Be on the Final by poet Bianca Palmisano. And we are having an announcement soon of another AS21 ebook that will be going to print. Uh, we have a new, some new technology that we're going to be testing out soon that will specifically be helpful to those of you listening to the Publish Me podcast. If you like what we talk about, and especially when we get into the minutia of stuff like we did today of making an ebook or having guests on talking about their, their stuff, we're looking into having a transcription of our audio podcast created so that's a new service that just recently launched the wearing beta and uh our chief technology officer joshua silverman will be you know poking that with a stick and see what happens and (laughs) hopefully if it works out for us then you'll be able to get a text version of our podcast that you can read and hopefully it won't put you to sleep but for those that are hard of hearing then that's obviously a way you another way you'll be able to enjoy this fine content and hopefully we'll be able to make that available for a number of past episodes as well as those upcoming and hopefully that beta succeeds and that's actually a company started by someone that worked with another company that AS21 has partnered with in the past but unfortunately just shut down at the end of last month so he already moved on to his next big venture and we're on the ground floor helping with the testing on that so we'll have more information on that as it comes forward and hopefully it's all good so all right that sounds like a lot of fun to me yeah so remember to find us every month on the 7th on apple podcasts on stitcher radio google play tune in and our home on the web media.as21.com plus episodes are appearing occasionally on the AS21 YouTube channel basically when I can find time to get them up there. For AS21 Media, I am Keith F. Shovlin. I'm Ron Gander. I am Corey Parker. And I'm Paul Dickinson Russell. Remember everyone, where there are thoughts and ideas, there are stories. We'll see you next month. Copyright 2017, AS21 Media, LLC, all rights reserved. AS21 Media. What do you want your story to be?